This is the Advanced Selling Podcast presented by Kasky Achievement Strategies. Now your hosts, Bill Kasky and Brian Neal. Well, we are back at the Advanced Selling Podcast, and I am delighted to have a special, very special guest, an author. All authors are special guests on our podcast, but a very special guest by the name of Dan Heath. Dan and his brother wrote a book, uh, I should say his brother Chip, wrote a book called Made to Stick, Why Some Ideas Survive and Others Die. And uh, I was particularly attracted to it, uh, not only because it's just a beautiful cover, uh, and it's, it sticks out like a sore thumb, like a, a good sore thumb on the bookshelf, but also the content was really, really valuable to me. In fact, I, uh, I actually read this part of this book to my 13-year-old daughter who found some of the stories in it really, really interesting and cool. So, Dan, thanks for uh, agreeing to be on the Advanced Selling Podcast today. Yeah, Bill, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Usually when I talk to authors, and, and being an author myself, when I'm interviewed, people, uh, I always like the question, why did you write the book? Because I, I find that deep down there's something that you were noticing, you and your brother were noticing in your, you know, your conversations in business and, and uh, college and, and education that just wasn't working right. So what, what's the, uh, what was the foundation for the book? Why did you decide to write it? We wrote the book to help people solve uh, a a very specific kind of problem that there didn't seem to be a lot of advice uh, to help people solve. And that problem is when you have an idea that's really important to you, that you need to make stick with other people, that you need to, to live for a long time and, and have, have uh, uh, a big impact. And, and the reason that occurred to us is both of us had, had been researching ideas and, and the marketplace of ideas for years and, and, and trying to understand why some ideas survive and others die. And we had begun to notice that there were patterns uh, that, that, we, that we wouldn't have expected. There were, there were traits that ideas uh, of all kinds tended to have in common when they succeeded, so that you could spot the same trait in, in a conspiracy theory as you could spot in, say, a high school history lesson. And, and what that raised for us is the notion that there may actually be a kind of a formula uh, for a sticky idea, or it if formula is overstating the case, at least a common set of characteristics that successful ideas share. And so we thought, hey, if we can identify these traits and show people how to use them, we can help them make their own ideas uh, more successful. That's and so that's, that's why we wrote Made to Stick. That's good. Uh, you know, I noticed, and I want to get in a little bit later to what were your favorite, there was a tons of, just tons of stories in the book, and I would like to find out from you what your favorite story or two were that, that kind of hit home the idea. But I know that uh, in our curriculum, in our sales training curriculum, we, we have seven different facets of it and everything from the basic selling strategy to the, what we call the inner game, which is how your mind works and how you need to be mentally right. But two of the seven have to do with message. One is what is your message? And two is how do you communicate the message? And to me, they're two very different things. And this book really is about both of those. It's how do you craft your message and then how do you communicate it? What do you feel people miss the most? What are a couple of mistakes people make when they get ready to go out to the market, whatever that means, and, and communicate and express their ideas? What do they miss? Number one thing people miss is, is they know too much, which impacts their communication. Uh, there's something we talk about a lot in the book called the curse of knowledge. I love that. Curse of Knowledge says that the more you know about something, the more uh, expertise that you have, uh, the smarter you get about something, that, that does two things for you. The first is a, is a very good thing. It makes you better at it. <laughs> it makes you more valuable. Uh, the second thing, though, is, is the consequence is that 
the mental distance between you and the people you've got to communicate with is widening. And it leads you to, to do some, some nasty things. Speak in jargon. <laughs> use vocabulary that uh, your audience can't understand. It leads you to make assumptions about what they know and don't know. It leads you to, to skip links in a logical chain that, that seem perfectly intuitive to you because you know it so well, but uh, that your audience can't follow. Uh, and, and so the effect of the curse of knowledge is that when we get into presentation situations, we tend to, to talk at too high of a level, too conceptual, mm. too abstract. Uh, so think about the classic PowerPoint presentation and just how god-awful it is. You know? <laughs> every, every slide is like eight bullets, and every bullet is two sentences. And, uh, and, and so what we've learned from looking at successful ideas over time is that they're incredibly concrete and what I mean by that is it's easy to create a mental picture of what's being communicated. So, so think about Aesop's fables, for instance. And uh, Aesop's fables are, are very abstract moral lessons. And yet Aesop is, is so brilliant because he puts it in terms that are easy to imagine. He puts it in a story format. Mm-hmm. So The Boy Who Cried Wolf, for instance, is a story that you probably can't remember the first time you heard that story. Uh, and yet, if I put you on the spot, I guarantee you, you could tell it. Yeah, it, it's a story that sticks, and so that lesson translates directly to the sales context. Um, and in fact, w- one of my favorite notes we've gotten from a reader was from uh, a top executive at a power tool company. He said he picked up the the book at an airport and, and literally read it on a flight en route to go to a customer presentation. And he said during the flight, he decided to rip up his presentation because. He had a classic PowerPoint that, <laughs> that kind of told how great his tools were, oh, bullet yeah. by bullet. Yeah. And he said he was inspired to try to be more concrete. And so what he actually did in the presentation was he took out his power drill and the competitor's power drill, set them in the middle of the table, and uh, disassembled and reassembled them both to show that theirs had a more elegant, more intuitive design. Hmm. And, and that's exactly the kind of thing that, that our book is intended to help people do is to see how to take the same message, because this guy had the same core message, whether it was in the PowerPoint or whether it was the drills on the table. He just found a way to make it more vivid, yeah. more concrete, more memorable. Great and, story. And great story. The account. That's great story. Boy, that makes it, uh, makes it all worth it, right? From a Absolutely. twenty from a $20, $20 book, and he made a million bucks. Uh, don't you love it? Huh? Yeah, I should, <laughs> I should write him for a cut of that, shouldn't I? You should. Um, <laughs> So you said the curse of knowledge is, uh, is that what you called it, the curse of knowledge? Curse of knowledge. Curse yeah. of knowledge, okay. That's, and then what, what you, you said that was the first thing. And what was the second thing that people miss? I think the second thing is, and, and again, I think this has a lot of relevance for a sales context, is, is we tend to think about stories uh, as, as garnish for our presentations. So you know, a lot of people use a story to lead off, to kind of warm people up. Right. Uh, or you use a story um, as the final bullet in an eight-bullet-point slide. And, and I think what, what we've learned about the way people retain information is that stories should be the, the, the entree. The center point, right, right. Absolutely. Right. And, and, you know, I think a lot of people, when they hear that, they're going to nod their heads and say, yeah, I agree with that. But not many people act on that. No. And so think about this. What I'm saying is literally 80% of your presentation should be stories. And, I mean, that's not a scientific number, but the preponderance of your presentation should be stories, and the minority of it should be conceptual, abstract language, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. features and benefits, and that's those sorts of things. And the reason is because stories, 
because we have such an ability to remember stories and retain stories, those stories become the hook to get people back to your underlying lessons. Just the same way that because we remember the boy who cried wolf, we can easily remember what the moral of that story was. Mm -hmm. and the moral of the story is uh, tell the truth. Don't abuse people's trust. Um, but we don't have to remember that. The story is enough. And if you tell a good sales story or a good product story, people will remember the lesson. And I think that you said something really, really valuable there, and it's something that I probably am not as good as I need to be at, it's not, not only in telling it, but also teaching it, is stories really need to, they can't just be a 10-second story. I mean, nobody really, that's, there's no credibility there. A story has to have some concreteness. And I always say that a great story about a client talks about the, the pains and problems the client had, how they arrived at the conclusion to bring the vendor in, and what has happened to their life since that's come in, since they've come in. So a story can be several minutes. It doesn't have to be a 30-second story, right? I mean, you want these stories to be well thought out and well delivered. They don't have to be short. No question, no question. And, and in fact, giving that extra detail, you know, the barriers, the obstacles, the pain, um, that, that only deepens the impact of the story. Mm -hmm. and, and furthermore, it allows the, the person you're talking to, the prospect, to kind of simulate that event in their minds, which is something else we talk about in the book, is that stories have this amazing power to let people kind of play at home with what's being discussed. And so when you give a really rich story, they're thinking, well, yeah, I, I have that obstacle too in my organization. And, and yeah, I'm experiencing some of that pain, so maybe, maybe this is for me. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I think... A corollary of that is, I think in the sales context, people tend to want to claim perfection. Um, you know, our product, our solution is perfect. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about anything. You know, we got everything under control. Uh, you know, I, I hear all of your objections, but 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 none of them are ultimately right. We got everything right. everything nailed. And that's a lie. <laughs> yeah. And that's a lie. And people know it's a lie. That's right. And, and, and so there, there's so much more credibility that comes from from admitting weaknesses where, yeah. where you have them. Uh, like I, I always say that the best testimonial is not, you know, Acme Solutions was the most brilliant provider I've ever had. Um, I, I would recommend them to anyone. I would, you know, let them be the, 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 the godparents to my children. <laughs> uh, instead, it would be something like, when I first heard about Acme Solutions, I was skeptical. Uh, I, I, I really didn't believe they could pull off what they said they could pull off, and so I did my homework. I called up past customers, uh, and, and I slowly began to believe enough to, to give them a chance, and, and I'm glad I did because it was the best decision I ever made. Exactly. To, to so much more real. Yeah. Doubt, to acknowledge. We yeah, that's good. In fact, one of my questions here, which you just answered, was uh, we say in our training that you've got to be communicating your message in a way that causes the prospect to say, wow, that's, he's telling a story about me. That's, that's me in that story. That's right. And you call exactly. it self-interest and, and wh whatever it is, it, it is really about having the prospect say, God, does he know me? Has he been following me around? I mean, that story <laughs> is exactly what I'm going through. Um, we're talking with Dan Heath, the author of a book, Made to Stick, Why Some Ideas Survive and Others Die. And um, we are on the Advanced Selling Podcast. Uh, the, what's your website, Dan? Is it madetostick.com? It is made to stick.com and you can go there and uh, I'm assuming you can get access to the book and there's some stories I think you even have a blog don't you we've got the, the author's blog up there and we've also got the first full chapter of the book for free so oh, you good. can see, see whether it's something that interests you or not good and then you and your brother also do some consulting for uh, presentations high impact type things tell me about that 
We do. Uh, we, we like to get involved in situations where there's some kind of communication going on, be it a presentation or, or a speech or an important uh, a white paper or something like that. And, and, and it's, it's very important that it stick. And, and lots of people are agonizing over it. And, and I think that's a situation where, where, where we can help uh, and help you think about how to make a presentation that will last and endure and, and have uh, you should. <laughs> associated with it that, that you want. So, um, uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from anybody who, uh, who has a need like that. So can they uh, contact you from that website, madetostick.com? Yes, our, okay. our emails are on there. Mine is dan at madetostick.com. Okay, good, good. Well, we really appreciate you uh, being on today, and this has been a uh, just a, a little primer for the book. I suggest every listener go out and get the book, and uh, you know, in a, in a book of two to 300 pages, if you can't find one or two ideas that you can implement in the next four hours, I'd be surprised because there was a lot of stories and a lot of really good, uh, good use of the page. So uh, once again, thanks for uh, joining us. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening this week to the Advanced Selling Podcast. You can join our podcast community at advancedsellingpodcast.com, and you can weigh in with any questions or commentary or suggestions on new topics. We come out with an episode every Thursday. So for Brian Neal, this is Bill Kasky, and we'll see you next week.